All right. Woodbine Entertainment has joined forces with the Ontario Racing and Racetracks of Canada um, in approaching the federal government to legalize something called historical horse racing. It's legal in the States, but not here in Canada. So Jim Lawson joins us. He's the CEO of the Woodbine uh, Entertainment. And I would like to say friend of the show. You've been on a couple of times. Jim, good to have you back. Hi, Kelly. Great. Thank you for having me on. Hope uh, you're doing well through this whole period. I certainly am. I'm, I'm safely self-isolated. You're doing good? Yes, all is good. Uh, lots, uh, as you just alluded to, lots of challenges in the horse racing industry right now in this province. But uh, that's a good segue into what we're working on, amongst other things. Okay, well, let's talk about historical horse racing. What exactly is it? Well, in in short, it's the opportunity to wager on horse races that have already been run. So there's a we would have a huge database, uh, not only of our own races, but hundreds of thousands of races around the world in the last 20 years that could be wagered on uh, as a par mutual wagering bet, which we're licensed to do. And it's, uh, I guess it's betting on horse racing without uh, having to do the calculations of past performances. You're picking a horse on color or on name and, uh, and, uh, and number. And uh, it, it's that sort of product that uh, has been very successful in the United States. And uh, we're hoping to ha- have a, an interpretation or minor, minor amendment to the criminal code uh, to allow wagering on mutual races that have already occurred. So that's that's the difference. Why is it illegal in Canada? Well, it's it's simply been the wording in the criminal code which said a a wager, a par mutual wager, is on an event to occur. So it's been interpreted as it cannot uh, include a a historic race or a race that has already been run. And so there's there's a technicality there. But uh, given the times and, and our desperation for uh, revenue, uh, we think that it's a product uh, that is logical to approve at this time and, and bring some much-needed revenue to this industry. So are you picking obscure races to pull from? Uh, because wouldn't the stats be available somewhere? <laughs> Well, it would it would simply be uh, obscure in the sense of uh, unknown what which race it is from from twenty years in the past, and it would just it would just pop up as a race that people could wager on. And, and so this would operate would, online. This would operate online, yes. So is it sort of like a video game? And basically, if you're betting on historical racing, you're betting what I would like to refer to as Kelly styles. Basically, you look at the horse's made-up name and you think, oh, yeah, that's a winning name. I'm putting money on this one. There's just no that's, stats to base. That's exactly how that's how it would work. It, but it would be par mutual in nature, i.e. I there be a par mutual pool, which is the only license we're entitled to do and, and would be think it's important to recognize it would be heavily regulated by the Canadian Paramutual Association. So it's not opening the floodgates to uh, a, a gaming uh, product without regulation. It would be heavily regulated. And we've had uh, a series of discussions with the regulator about this product and they understand it. And I believe they're prepared to regulate it. Okay, so what is the the goal of these historical races? Are they to keep people interested in horse racing until you can actually get back and do it physically? Well, certainly that's an element of it. We have a lot of downtime in racing, and in particular right now without any live racing going on in Canada, 
and no live racing in North America on the harness racing side. It's, it is to give people product, but, uh, we think this is going to take a long time for this industry to get going again. I think we're, we're going to have to ramp up very slowly. Uh, a big part of our product is in, uh, in uh, lounges or restaurants and bars, and those are not going to open up for a long time. And, and we feel it's, uh, we're, we're in for a long haul of, of wagering being substantially down. Our tracks uh, will not be open to spectators when they do open, of course. Maybe not for the entire year. So this is this is giving people an opportunity to wager uh, on on horse racing. There's a there's I think there's a big market for it. Uh, the United States will show us that historical horse racing has been very popular, and it's really a way to help this industry, which employs approximately fifty thousand people across the country. Okay, so just give us an idea of what this looks like. It's an online component. Do you have, have you had to work or, you know, with the American, the Americans doing this historical horse races, have they had to work with people that can uh, create video images of the, of the horses or what exactly happens? Do you have the actual race filmed the from act- the past? Yep. Sorry to interrupt you. We ha- we have the actual races from the past. Now, as you may have seen, there's there's another product which we're not proposing, which is a virtual product. Uh, mm. Last weekend was the scheduled date for the can for the Kentucky Derby, and NBC on primetime ran the Kentucky Derby with virtual horses. I I thought they did a pretty good job. It uh, it was a, a real real race in the sense that it was historic winners of the Triple Crown in the United States, and it was a virtual race, and it looked good. Right. And there's another example of of a product, but we're we're not talking about that. We're talking about real races, real footage, and showing showing the race online on our HPI system. Jim, you know, when I think about sports and, and things that could come back in, in isolation and work, races, horse races could be one of, you know, those uh, sports that we could see uh, within an empty space, you know, no, no one in the stands, but you could still have the jockeys on the horses uh, couldn't you still run a race safely, you know, as we start to ease restrictions? Yes, Kelly. I feel like you teed it up for me there. Thank you. I mean, we are uh, we are very much uh, in the mix and planning with the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, which is our regulator of, of developing, and we have developed the procedures and protocols for racing without spectators and with physical distancing. So, we believe we're in great shape to start in June, and, and we're in, engaged in discussions right now with the with the governmental agencies, the relevant uh, governmental agency, and, and we're confident. We ran racing on March the 16th and the 19th without spectators and with physical distancing, and I think it's really important on, on your point. We've had 1,200 horses in our backstretch at Woodbine since March the 1st, and that yeah, has entailed bringing about 600 people into our backstretch every day. And every time I say this, I knock on wood, but we haven't had a single case of COVID in our backstretch uh, since March the 1st. And uh, we have tight uh, protocols in place, uh, distancing Mm -hmm. protocols, temperatures, and we're working with with two doctors now on our protocols. And and we feel we're in great shape to begin racing in June. So 
I, I wanted to ask you about that, you know, about what's been happening at, at Woodbine since the pandemic broke, because these are racehorses. It's not like, you know, when the pandemic breaks and you realize there's going to be uh, a lockdown that people go go out and go, well, you know what, I'm just going to go pick up my horse and then I'll just board him at home for a while. This, yeah. These aren't those kind of horses. They're still boarding there, presumably still being fed there. They're, uh, they're being exercised there. So that obviously a huge challenge for you to make sure that these horses are being exercised to the level that when and if and when June rolls around and they say, yeah, go ahead, green light, you can race those horses, just can't have people in the stands yeah. physically, but, you know, we'll film it, that these horses are ready to go. That, that's exactly been the, the process. We have, uh, we have been, we've had one track open in order to keep the personnel down, but uh, these horses, um, many of them who have, who were racing in the, in the United States in, in January and February and, and came up here thinking there was going to be racing in April. Um, they, these are finely tuned animals and they need to get out and exercise. And uh, a lot of these horses do not have a home in Ontario. So the home has had to be the Woodbine backstretch on the harness racing side. There are 50 training centers within 10 miles of uh, Mohawk uh, racetrack in Milton uh, so they have been training throughout, and uh, both on the thoroughbred side and the standardbred side, and this is a safety concern for the horses um, and, a, and a wagering concern for people to make sure that these horses are in shape. We yeah. have continued with the training for both breeds, and uh, we feel that uh, in talking to the, the horse people's associations that uh, we're in good shape to begin racing in June. We have we have fit horses or will have fit horses by the beginning of June because this, the training has not stopped. And uh, the, These are just- athletes, these horses, right? So, I mean, people are jonesing to watch athletes perform again. Do you anticipate, because, we, you know, we're hearing about baseball trying to, you know, uh, maybe come up with a way they could uh, start the season. We're hearing with the NHL and NBA, maybe, well, the NHL more than the NBA, but wanting to finish off their season. So um, do you anticipate, if those don't go ahead, that you're going to get a lot more sports fans maybe turning their attention to horse racing? You might actually attract a whole new audience that's the plan uh we're working with uh, uh well, tsn right now who is our broadcast partner on uh, on primetime horse racing shows uh so it's uh, it's that sort of opportunity that there are i should point out there are racetracks in uh in miami tampa bay and uh in oklahoma that are that are running right now and uh, amongst others nebraska i think there's all these small tracks across the United States have popped up and they've been very popular for the sole reason in in some cases that they're the only game in town. And so we're absolutely, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. The idea is that, uh, that we will be out ahead of other sports because we do not need spectators and we can run our sport with, with physical distancing and with proper uh, social and uh, safety protocols in place so we're in good shape and and that is definitely the idea that there will be some focus on horse racing and an opportunity to market our sport that we haven't had in a long time with the competition that's that is in the sports and entertainment market so uh, we're hoping to get going jim i gotta leave it at that but i really uh, wish you the best of luck in both your endeavors trying to get you know the racing going physically again and trying to get the government to uh, legalize historical horse racing to help you guys over this hump thank you so much for joining us Thank you. It's been great to be on, Kelly. Take care.